0: Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. The topic today is regulatory compliance. We're talking with David Schneier, Director of Professional Services with Icons, Inc., an information security consultancy. Hey, David, I really appreciate your time today. My pleasure, Tom. Now, you spend a lot of time out in the field with institutions of all sizes. Given the economic situation we're in right now, what are the compliance issues you find that institutions are paying the most attention to?
1: Much has changed from six months ago to now in terms of what our clients are focusing on, except that now with November 1st having come and gone, there's a lot more interest in the red flags, identity theft, compliance, and what examiners are going to be expecting from that. But uh, what we hear a lot from our clients is that really not a lot has changed within their four walls, at least not yet, because most of our clients are community banks and credit unions, and they weren't exposed as much with the um, with the risky loans and bad investments.
0: Given what we see in the marketplace, David, and understanding that the sort of things are more rife for fraud now than ever, what are the type of regulatory issues that institutions should be paying attention to? Well, I don't want to sound like I'm going to
1: keep beating the same drum over and over, but identity, the red flags, identity theft regulation, couldn't have come at a better time. One of aspects of the current economic situation uh, that I keep advising and counseling our clients on is that in challenging economic times and and downturns particularly like this, which is potentially historical, there is an increase in criminal activity that is going to be I advise our clients to look for areas where they may have exposures to good old-fashioned criminal activity. Um, ATMs are all over the place now. You can go into just about any convenience store and find one of those machines, and many of them are actually sponsored by banks, and they have, to a certain degree, a, 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 an ownership stake in making sure that there are sufficient security controls around that. Um, and really, so it's it's really it's the avenues into and out of um, the, the bank all the all the many digital and physical channels that, that, that uh, we're expecting our clients to, to
0: ramp up and address. In terms of the institutions you're visiting with, what do you find that they're doing particularly well regarding compliance?
1: They're paying a lot more attention to uh, moving beyond the, the formal documentation. It's not enough simply to have um, an information security program that, that talks about what you're supposed to be doing. Um, you really need to extend from that and be able to actually comply and demonstrate that you're complying with what it is that you say you're doing. And as we go through multiple iterations of exams, as institutions have more time, Perhaps you put in um, an intrusion detection system. Um, the next year you put in place uh, you know, uh, safeguards to see if there's suspicious activity on accounts, and every year they just put in another uh, another control. And in the aggregate, they're actually doing a much better job of going back to address the spirit
0: of, of what they need to be doing. Flip side of that, what could they be doing better? They could be documenting what
1: they're doing a lot better. Uh, a, lot of our, a lot of our clients... Are actually doing. They're, they're they're conducting a lot of activities, and they are supporting a wide a wide range of controls that you would never know are in place unless you actually spend time there doing the field work that that, that myself and, and members of my practice um, you know do. You you, you you look for evidence. You know it always goes back to the core uh, principles of of auditing. Know what you need to do. Document how, that you do it. How you do it, and then be able to provide evidence. Well, what we do see a lot of is where there's evidence of activities, but there's no formal documentation explaining that they're doing it. So maybe they are actually scrutinizing uh, new account requests or they're conducting periodic reviews to see who has access to their various systems, but it's not documented that they do it or how they do it. However, they say they do it, you talk, they talk through it, and they tell you the various steps, and you know, that they, you know that it's legitimate, but there's no other way to know it. They don't print reports to show what they've done, and there's no procedure that they follow where they could
0: check off the various steps, and we see this in a, in a number of key activities. Well, frightening thing is what we see in the market right now with budget crunches and, and layoffs. That, that doesn't have to get any better, but but given the situation, David, where do you see low-hanging fruit for institutions in terms of meeting or even exceeding compliance?
1: Yeah, Tom, it always goes back to, to what I consider to be the, the core principles of all this. You know. I GLBA does a great job of spelling out at a somewhat high level the key controls that you need to address in order to achieve compliance. But really, for a fair number of the institutions out there, they tend to see complex technical solutions as the path to lead them to where they need, where they think they need to be. And the truth of the matter is is that I that we always advise we counsel that you should use common sense to figure out what, what what at a minimum do you need to do in order to address the spirit of this of uh, this control. Is it you, you don't need to go out for example, for to make sure that there's, into, that there's only uh, uh, approved and, and legitimate activity on your networks, it, it's great to be able to go out and buy a network monitoring device that actually can can detect that somebody even plugs a wire into a jack or a wall somewhere. But the truth of the matter is, go back to the core principle, which is to sufficiently configure your network so it doesn't allow for that activity. Um, go back to where it's where you don't need to buy any advanced solutions or, or implement any new tools and figure out how can I sufficiently reduce the risk based on what's available to me today, and in particular with, with with the current economic conditions, because a lot of our clients, you know, going back to your opening question, a lot of our clients, they're not experiencing financial pains yet, but they're anticipating it, and so they're looking for ways to, to try and achieve the, uh, the desired results without having to commit funds, and so I, the, same, the same principle it, it, it applies. You go back and look for what can I do based on what I have to achieve compliance, and that's really – Keep it simple. I, I mean, it, it's you know some some of my clients actually think that I'm, I'm downplaying the, the complexity of this, but I'm not. If, if, if you say that you um, if you restrict access at the Active Directory level to what a user can can uh, gain access to on the network, then you don't need to really monitor who's gaining access to things on the network.
0: It's just that simple. I'm going to ask you something of an unfavor, uh, unfair question, David. Because I'm asking you to look into your crystal ball, realizing that these days a crystal ball is good for about two hours. But, but, but given that, what do you see as some of the key compliance issues that institutions are going to be grappling with early in 2009? Well, again, I think that there's going to be. I think
1: there's going to be a staffing shortage in terms of institutions are going to look to cut back on what they perceive as. Non-critical positions or positions where they believe that they could um, they could gain additional bandwidth from from fewer people, and unfortunately, experience has taught us that that often comes in the in the, in the IT space. Um, a, a lot of I think a lot of a lot of banks are going to a lot of banks and credit unions are going to try and cut back on staff, which is going to put an additional burden on those that remain to try and get more done. But bear in mind, Tom, that the examiners aren't giving anybody a free pass. Red flags is 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 expected. It's expected that you're going to have a, an actionable program in place, and that's going to require a body to actually implement, to train, and then to monitor that the solution that each institution creates is working. And that's in addition to all the existing compliance work that needs to be done. And really, you can keep in mind, compliance really isn't a, shouldn't be a separate set of activities. It's really something that should be embedded within the day-to-day job responsibilities of the, of, of the employees of all these institutions. But still, there's a lot of activities that need to occur, and we've already seen some indication that that open positions won't be filled, and many and in many places there's going to be an attempt to try, and, to try and downsize just a little bit, and these activities may be perceived as, as optional, but they're not. When the examiner comes in, they're not going to give you a free pass because of tough economic times. You still need to make sure that you're in compliance for each of the key touch points of GLBA.
0: We make great points, David. I appreciate your time and your insight today. My pleasure, Tom. We've been talking with David Schneier, Director of Professional Services with Icons, Inc. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.